Chapter Five, Part Two of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Five, Part Two. Adouev thought of his own literary pursuits, of his poetry. There, I should put the count to shame. He thought they began to converse upon literature the mother and daughter commended alexander as an author that'll take him down thought adouev far from it the count talked of literature as though he were exclusively devoted to the subject he made a few just criticisms in passing on contemporary russian and french writers of note further it appeared that he was on terms of friendship with the leading russian literary men and in paris had been acquainted with several french celebrities also a few he commented upon with appreciation others he slightly caricatured of alexander's verses he remarked that he did not know them and had not heard of them nadinka looked rather queerly at adouev as though inquiring what does that mean pray you have not done much alexander's heart fell his churlish and arrogant expression gave way to one of melancholy he looked like a cock with bedraggled tail hiding from the storm under a shed presently there was a clinking of knives and glasses on the sideboard the table was set but still the count did not go all hope vanished he even accepted madame lubetsky's invitation to stay and have a supper of curds a count and eat curds said adouev casting a glance of hatred on the count the count ate with appetite and continued to make jokes as though he were at home the first time he's in the house and eating enough for three he's shameless whispered alexander to nadinka why he's hungry she answered simply the count at last went away but it was too late to talk of things then adouev took his hat and was hurrying off nadinka overtook him and succeeded in pacifying him then tomorrow asked alexander tomorrow we shan't be at home well the day after tomorrow then they parted the next time alexander arrived rather earlier while still in the garden an unaccustomed sound reached him from indoors a violoncello no not a violoncello he drew nearer a manly voice was singing and what a voice sonorous tender a voice that one would think would penetrate a woman's heart it penetrated adouev's heart but in a different way it grew faint it ached with anguish envy hatred and a miserable undefined presentiment alexander went from the courtyard into the hall who have you here he asked the servant count novinsky has he been here long since six o'clock tell your young lady that i have been and will come back again very well alexander went away and went wandering about the villas not noticing where he was going in two hours he returned well is he still here he asked yes and i think he will stay to supper the mistress ordered roast woodcocks for supper and did you give the young lady my message yes well what did she say she gave me no orders alexander went home and did not appear for two days god knows what revolutions of thought and feeling he went through at last he went again he came in sight of the villa stood up in the boat and shading his eyes from the sun with his hand looked before him yonder between the trees he caught a glimpse of the blue dress which fitted nadinka so well and blue was the colour most becoming to her complexion 
she always put on this dress when she wanted to please alexander specially a load seemed lifted from his heart ah she wants to make up to me for her past unintentional neglect he thought it's not she but i who am to blame how could i behave so unforgivingly to her that's only the way to set her against one a stranger a new acquaintance it's very natural that she as hostess ah here she comes out of the bushes from the narrow footpath she is going to the trellis there she will take her stand and wait for she did in fact go on into the great avenue but who is turning with her from the path the count alexander cried aloud in dismay hardly believing his eyes eh ejaculated one of the boatmen alone in the garden with him muttered alexander just as with me the count and nadinka walked up to the trellis and not looking at the river turned round and walked slowly back to the avenue he was bending over her saying something in a low voice she hung her head as she walked adouev remained in the boat open-mouthed motionless stretching out his hands to the shore then he let them drop and sank into his seat the boatman went on rowing where are you going adouev screamed furiously at them when he had recovered a little back again go back repeated one of them gazing at him open-mouthed yes back are you deaf but don't you want to go this way the other boatman began at once without speaking to row with his left oar alone then pulled vigorously with both and the boat was quickly darting along homewards alexander pulled his hat down almost on to his shoulders and sank into gloomy meditation after this he did not go to the lubetskys for a fortnight a whole fortnight what an age for a lover but he kept expecting that they would send a servant to inquire what was the matter with him whether he was ill as this had always been done when he had been unwell or perhaps had affected to be so nadinka at first would make such inquiries in her mother's name for form's sake but afterwards what did she not write on her own account such tender reproaches such fond anxiety such impatience no now i will not make it up at once thought alexander i will punish her i will teach her how she ought to behave with strange men the reconciliation shall not come too easily and he pondered harsh plans of revenge dreamed of repentance of how he would magnanimously pardon and lay down principles for the future but till no servant was sent to him no confession was brought it seemed as though he no longer existed for the lubetskys he grew thin and white jealousy is more agonizing than any disease especially jealousy on suspicion without proof when the proof is plain then jealousy is at an end and for the most part love itself as well then at least one knows what to do but until then it is torture and alexander experienced it to the full at last he resolved to go in the morning thinking he would find nadinka alone and have an explanation with her he arrived there was no one in the garden no one in the drawing-room in the parlour he went into the hall opened the door into the courtyard what a spectacle met him there two grooms in the count's livery were holding saddle-horses on to one of them the count and a servant were mounting nadinka the other stood ready for the count himself on the steps was standing maria mihailovna she was looking on at this scene with a frown of anxiety sit firmer nadinka she said for heaven's sake count look at her ah i'm frightened hold on to the horse's ear nadinka you see what a wicked thing she is to coax me into it nonsense maman said nadinka gaily of course i can ride now look 
she switched the horse which sprang forward and plunged and reared ah ah keep still shrieked maria mihailovna waving her hand leave off it'll be the death of you but nadinka pulled the curb and the horse stood still you see how she obeys me said nadinka stroking the horse's neck no one noticed adouev with a white face he looked at nadinka without speaking and as though in mockery of him she had never looked so handsome as that moment how well the hat with its green veil and the riding habit became her how well it defined her figure her face was animated by a shy pride and the delicious feeling of a new sensation the colour came and went on her cheeks from delight the horse plunged slightly and made the slender rider bow gracefully backwards and forwards her figure was shaken on the saddle like the stem of a flower quivering in the wind next the groom brought a horse up to the count count shall we go to the copse again asked nadinka again thought adouev very well answered the count the horses were just starting nadyezhka alexandrovna cried adouev suddenly in a strange voice all stood still rooted to the ground as though they had been changed to stone and looked in perplexity at alexander this lasted for a minute ah it's alexander fedoritch said the mother the first to recover herself the count bowed affably nadinka quickly drew her veil back from her face turned round and looked at him with dismay her lips parted then she swiftly turned her back switched her horse who dashed forward and in two bounds had disappeared through the gates the count followed her gently gently for heaven's sake gently screamed the mother after them hold on ah lord have mercy on us she'll be off to a certainty what a frightful thing it is and all was gone only the sound of the horse's hoofs could be heard and the dust was thrown up in a cloud from the road alexander remained with madame lubetsky he looked at her without speaking as though asking her with his eyes what does this mean she did not keep him long waiting for an answer they have gone she said out of sight now well let the young people amuse themselves and i will have a little chat with you alexander fedoritch but why has there been no sight nor sound of you this fortnight past have you grown tired of us i have been ill maria mihailovna he replied sullenly yes one can see you have you're so thin and pale sit down directly rest a little but won't you let me tell them to cook you some eggs but won't you let me tell them to cook some eggs soft boiled for you it's a long time still till dinner thanks i don't want anything why not they'll be ready in a minute and they are capital eggs the finnish woman only brought them to-day oh no thank you what's the matter with you i kept expecting and expecting you what does it mean i thought he doesn't come himself nor send any french books do you remember you promised me something peau de chagrin wasn't it i expect it and expect it no is alexander fedoritch tired of us i thought upon my word he's tired of us i'm afraid maria mihailovna haven't you grown tired of me it's too bad of you to be afraid of that alexander fedoritch i love you as though you were one of the family i can't tell of course about nadinka for she's still a child what does she know how can she value people properly every day i kept repeating to her why is it i wonder alexander fedoritch doesn't call why doesn't he come and i was always expecting you would you believe that i would not sit down to dinner every day till five o'clock i kept thinking he's sure to come in and nadinka said sometimes what is it maman whom are you waiting for 
i'm hungry and so is the count i think and the count has he been here often asked alexander yes nearly every day and sometimes twice in the same day he is so kind he has taken such a fancy to us well said nadinka i want my dinner and that's all about it it's time to begin but since alexander fedoritch said i will be coming he won't come she said would you like me to bet you a wager he won't it's useless to wait madame lubetsky stabbed alexander with these words as with a knife she she said so he asked trying to smile yes that's just how she talked and hurried us you know i am severe though i do look good-tempered i scolded her one time you're for waiting till five o'clock for him and won't eat any dinner and then you don't want to wait at all you're absurd it's wrong of you alexander fedoritch is an old friend of ours he is fond of us and his uncle pyotr ivanitch has given us many proofs of his friendliness it's not right to neglect people so he is vexed i dare say and will not come what did she say asked alexander oh nothing you know how saucy she is with me skips away begins to sing and runs off or says he'll come if he wants to such an imp she is i too thought he'll come i look out another day passed and no sign of you i said again what can it be nadinka is alexander fedoritch well i don't know maman she said how can i tell shall we send to find out what's wrong with him we were going to send and going to send and so we never sent i somehow forgot it left it to her and she's so thoughtless see now how she's given herself up to this riding she saw the count once on horseback from the window and kept on at me i want to ride and so on again and again i said this and that but all of no use i want to mad thing no there was no riding on horseback in my young days we were brought up altogether differently but nowadays shocking to relate ladies have begun to smoke over opposite us lives a young widow she sits on the balcony all day and smokes people go by and pass on horseback she doesn't care sometimes in our days if there were a smell of tobacco in the drawing-room even from the men has it been going on long asked alexander i don't know they say it's been in fashion the last five years i suppose it's from the french no i asked is it long since nadezhka alexandrovna began to learn riding oh ten days about the count is so kind so polite what is there he isn't ready to do for us how he spoils her look what heaps of flowers all from his garden sometimes i'm really ashamed why do you count i say spoil her like that there'll be no putting up with her soon and i scold her too i have been with maria ivanovna and nadinka to see his covered court as you know i look after her myself who can see after a daughter better than her own mother i myself undertook her education and though i say it who shouldn't god grant every one such a daughter and nadinka had her lessons in my presence then we breakfasted in his garden and now they go riding every day ah what a splendid house he has we went over it all in such taste so luxurious every day said alexander almost to himself why not let her enjoy herself i was young myself once and do they go for long rides for three hours at a time come and what has ailed you i don't know there was something wrong with my chest he said laying his hand on his heart didn't you take anything for it no there these young people they keep doing nothing keep putting it off from day to day and then take steps when it's too late what did you feel was it an ache or a gripping or a rheumatic pain 
it was an aching and gripping and rheumatic pain said alexander absently that was a chill oh god forbid you mustn't let it go on you'll kill yourself like that it might turn to inflammation of the lungs and you took no medicine do you know what you must do take some opodeldoc and rub your chest vigorously at night and rub it till it's red and drink a herb in your tea i will give you the receipt end of chapter five part two recording by expatriate in bangor maine